What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 21 of Calling All Craft Beers. I am your host, Luke Lazenby, and I'm ready for a great show today. I hope you guys are as well. It has been a hell of a week, as far as I'm concerned, and uh, I'm ready to get it on on real, I guess, or on film, or on recording, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's so funny nowadays because, you know, back in the day, I'm ready to get it on tape. Well, we don't have tape anymore. This is the, like, internet age. This is the digital age. This has, you know, we have so much more opportunity for uh, cool stuff than I can imagine. So, first things first, long awaited, and they're on the way. I know some of you guys that follow along and have been on the podcast for a while saw that I posted up not too long ago about some glasses that I have coming. They're finally on the way. So I'm super excited. We had a, I've been getting my ass kicked. Let's just be real with you guys. Okay. Like coming back from being out of work for so long, having porch bombs kick back at my face car problems. I don't even know what to tell you. Like I'm at the point now where, you know, I got a kid going to college. I got all kinds of stupid financial crap going on. And, uh, feels like once we start, you know, moving in the right direction, shit happens and we kind of end up getting pushed backwards. So it was, uh, I had a, a small order that was supposed to come to me for the glasses literally arrived. All of them busted. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? And Guess who they shipped them with? USPS. I hate you. So I was slightly frustrated. And dude, I will give them all the credit in the world um, that they were packaged like perfectly. There was nothing that they could have done better. It was just they somehow the box got messed up, stepped on, stomped on, stacked on top of another one. Who the hell knows what happened? And all four glasses arrived broken. Ultimately, what it was supposed to be was supposed to be a round of four that came as samples for the beginning. Obviously, I paid for them before my I ordered um, two dozen, so 24 that were supposed to be coming. So it's supposed to be four, and I was going to do those as like giveaways on the on the IG for the podcast, get those bad boys going, and they all came broken. <laughs> so I just got confirmation from the other day, um, actually on Friday, yesterday, that the package of 24 has shipped. I did not get to see a sample. So I'm praying that they show up. You know, I saw the broken glass, but when I tell you they were shattered, they were shattered and I could see, you know, remnants, but there was no whole pieces left. The only pieces that were remained was the tulip piece on the bottom of the glass with the, you know, the, um, the base that the glass actually sits on were the only pieces that were left. The glasses themselves were broken. Uh, and, and broken into many pieces. So I only had a couple decent pieces I could look at. It looked good to me. I gave him the go-ahead, thumbs up, didn't want to wait any longer. So guys, they're on the way, and I can't wait for them to get here. Um, I'm definitely going to give a few away straight off the bat, and then they're going to be for sale on the website. So I was going to hold off and uh, on shipping some of these porch bombs out that these guys have been waiting for. Andrew, um, Craft Top Beer, the guy who won my 1,000-follower giveaway, But I am not going to do that. I'll ship those guys out glasses after the fact. These porch bombs are going out early this week. I spent, you know, like three hours today beer shopping. Went to a couple events and uh, got some stuff together for these guys. So 
I'm excited to finally be back on track and have this stuff ready to go, ready to ship. And um, Andrew, I'll shoot you a text and um, we'll get that stuff out to you guys this week. So I'm super excited to get that going. I'm actually going in Tuesday for another tattoo, which is uh, pretty fantastic. Let me take a sip of this beer here. You know, that's a good beer. And let me kind of tell you guys about this. So here's some funny, just a funny anecdote about kind of what I got going on over here. So from my house, I have an ABC Liquors that is like in my backyard. Like all joking aside, if there wasn't another apartment complex next to where I live, I could walk there. So ABC Liquors right by my house. That has been my go-to spot for a long time. They are completely remodeling this place. Right now, it's torn apart. I talked about it before. They had beers on plastic tables, blah, 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 whatever. They have, I mean, I went in there and got CBSs for seven bucks a bottle. I got um, four packs of KBS for four, for uh, $7 a bottle, which is a $25 four-pack of beer. They're just blowing this shit out. So I went in um, Friday and actually picked up a f- six-pack of 16-ounce cans of Stone Fear Movie Lions for seven bucks. It's like everything they have that's in packs or whatever, they're selling it for seven bucks. And then they also had a shopping cart full of singles, excuse me, of things like Galactica Double IPA from Space Shoes, um, Space Cake. They had a few other um, options in there and they had some crazy ones like some natural lights and things like that, older cans. And they were a dollar a can. You know, I didn't pick up any of those because I'm not a big uh, Galactica or Space Cake fan from Space Shoes, so I just kind of stayed away from those. And once those things start to get kind of old, they start to lose the joy that they even have from the beginning being fairly good. So, I mean, uh, fairly um, fresh. So I did, however, pick up a can of Stone Fear Movie Lions. It's about three months old. This particular um, package that I picked up was um, canned back in February. And beginning of February, so March, April, eh, about three months old. And it's fantastic. The funny part about it is the last time I had this beer, I've never had it out of a can until I bought this six-pack. Last time I had this beer, I had it on tap at the Brass Tap. And it was okay. You know, I, um, I remember my review of it being that it was a little lighter than I expected. wasn't quite as hoppy as I was hoping for. You know, I don't know if there was an issue with the system, dirty lines. Who the hell knows what it could have been. But I'm going to tell you right now that it is ten times better out of these cans this is a West Coast style, you know, West Coast style looking and aroma wise, but it is a double IPA, 8.5% ABV, somewhere in the 80 range IBU. And it's, it very much looks like a blind pig, a, um, a Pliny, you know, your standard West, West Coast IPA, but it has a more tropical, fruity flavor and I really really am am enjoying it Mm. I'm on the third can of the six pack from yesterday to today so excited I was actually considering opening my barrel aged um, darkness from Surly that I received from my buddy Ross Bennick and having that on the show today but just was not in a stout mood right now decided to stick with the double IPA Fantastic beer. I'm loving it a lot. I actually rated it a 4.0 on Untapped, and um, it's enjoyable. So if you guys get a chance, you know, as for me right now, it's definitely a shelfie. They had 
like six six packs of it. I probably should have bought more because I'll probably go back and it won't be there. But um, I'm hoping that they have some new stuff. I actually had a talk with the manager and I was kind of bummed because he told me that they are cutting down significantly on their craft beer bottle and and can offerings. They're going to have only one aisle of of craft beer bottles and cans going forward, but they are putting in a growler and crowler station. They're going to have six rotating taps of different local craft brews <clears throat> that they'll offer in both growlers for crowler fill, growler fills, and they'll have their own crowlers and a crowler station on site. So I'm hoping that it's reasonably affordable and that may be my new go-to spot for growlers and crowler fills. I mean, growler fills and crowlers. So we'll see how that kind of goes. I'm excited about that. So I wanted to start off the podcast on a positive note and go through some of these beer reviews. You know, I know the last few weeks, last few shows, we've been kind of going off on a tangent, talking about, you know, crazy stuff that um, some of you guys may, it may be pushing you away from the podcast a little bit, and I apologize, but I'm going to be real. I'm going to be me. I'm going to talk about the things that are on my heart. I'm going to talk about the things that are on my mind. I'll talk about the things that are pissing me off, that are making me happy. So if you want to watch the show, you I mean, you want to listen to the show, you want to be a part of the show, I greatly appreciate you. Um, but if you don't, find another podcast. That's all I got to say. So I'm not going to apologize for being me, and I'm certainly not going to apologize for putting out something that I'm proud of and excited about. So let's get into talking about some of these beers. So I this week, like I said, was a was a crazy week for me. So Tuesday, I actually dove into a... I had a couple other beers prior to this, and I finished the night off, stressful, stressful day, finished the night off with a Sequoia Stout from Five, from a Five Threads Brewing Company, which was one of the brews that I got from my last Taver shipment. Now, this is a super, super dark, I mean, almost black Imperial Stout. They call it a quadruple stout. Um... Like I said, from Five Threads Brewing Company, it's 17% ABV. I mean, super, super, super strong. Very coffee forward. I mean, it's almost like an espresso. It hits you so hard. It's just so dark, so deep. The depth of it is intense, despite the fact that it is very heavily coffee with very little other flavoring that I received from anything. And being 17%, the warmth that you feel, that boozy warmth on the back end is just intense. So as it warmed up, I did get a little a slightly different, you know, notes, maybe a little bit of uh, of cocoa, you know, on the back end once it started to warm up a little bit, but it stayed predominantly coffee forward through the entire, you know, process. It's a 12 ounce bottle, drank it pretty quick. Um, so it wasn't like a larger bottle that I actually got to sit through and wait for it to come up to room temperature. I probably drank it a little too cold, to be quite honest, because I didn't quite give it an opportunity to um, warm up. But I used a room temperature glass, let it sit for about two minutes before I even took a sip of it, and then I kind of moved on from there. So I did enjoy it. The It's rated it's just over 4.0 on untapped overall. I rated it at a 4.0 on untapped. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, because it, it it delivers what it said. It's a 17% ABV quadruple stout with a coffee base. It delivered exactly what it says that it should be delivered. It didn't promise anything special. It didn't tell you cocoa, vanilla, cinnamon, da-da-da-da-da, and give you all these flavors and then not deliver on any of them. You know, it's coffee forward, hit it home. I enjoyed it. I'm happy. Can't wait for my next tavern box to get here because I got... Some more of the fresh series. I think I got 28 and 29 coming 
which I'm super, super excited about. And then I've got a strawberries and cream pot de creme from Hubbard's Cave as well that's coming, which is an imperial stout. I'm a strawberry freak, dude. So anytime a beer pops across that has strawberry in it, I'm, I'm going for it. Unless it's like strawberry M43 or something like that because I've heard nothing but horrible. I actually had a guy on Crap Brew Junkies shoot one because he said it was so bad. So I'm not excited about that. If, you, if you're going to sell me a beer and you're going to tell me that it has strawberry in it, it better taste like strawberry. If it doesn't, I'm going to pour that crap down the drain and I'm telling everybody about it. I just want you guys to know that. Because strawberry and raspberry are like my two favorite, you know, fruit flavors in terms of beer <clears throat> that are berry-wise outside of like tropical notes like pineapple. I mean, pineapple is my ultimate favorite, but pineapple, mango, peach, you know, things like that are really good in IPAs and stuff like that. And strawberry works really well in an IPA. I think the last one we talked about on here was Duclaw Brewing's um, Strawberry Letter 23, which was a sour, a tart um, IPA, strawberry IPA, and I loved it. It was actually absolutely one of my favorite beers. So let's get into the next one. So I picked up, I went by that ABC, and they still are getting new brews in. And I actually picked up a six-pack of Bat Squatch, which is from Rogue Ales. It's a hazy IPA from Rogue. Now, those of you guys, this is a shelfie from what I understand. A lot of people out in the West Coast, excuse me, one more sip here real quick. Mm. so good but I am going to have to crush that because that is getting a little bit warmer <clears throat> I'm not liking it as much so Bat Squatch from Rogales, the Hazy IPA it's a single 6.7 ABV um, I actually rated this thing a 4.25 out of 5 on Untapped it is just tremendously crushable you know stone fruit out the yin yang very tropical Everything about it just screams drink me. And it was just such a good, flavorful brew. It has a nice onset of hops with a sweet finish, a little bit of maltiness on the back end. And uh, I'm like super happy that I picked it up. I actually went back when I, I was, it was, I was a toss up between do I buy another six pack of Bat Squatch or do I get the uh, Fear Movie Lions from Stone? But the Bat Squatch was regular price, $11.99 for a six-pack. The Stone, for a six-pack of 12-ounce cans, the Stone Fear Movie Lions was $7 for six 16-ounce cans. So I said, and it's 8.5%, a little bit stronger. So I said, you know what? Let's go with the Stone for now. I don't want to spend too much money on myself for beer right now because I've had to spend so much on other people. So I want to move forward from there. So I, I enjoyed it. I definitely encourage you guys, if you walk into your local bottle shop or shit, your local ABC, Total Wine, whatever it is, and you see Bat Squatch for sale from Rogales, Hazy IPA, pick it up because it is a phenomenal brew. And for being somewhat of a shelfie or, you know, a, a um, largely distributed brew, I was impressed. I liked it a lot, and I would definitely re highly recommend it. 4.25 on untapped. Pick it up. It's good. So now we're going to get into some crazy stuff. Now, this is kind of an older brew that... Uh, I'm sure some of you guys have had it. They actually sell this thing in 8.4 ounce bottles, okay? This comes to us out of, I'm going to butcher the crap out of this, Brasier Goudal, whatever, from Belgium. This is a Belgian strong golden ale. It's called Belzebuth. Now, a lot of you guys, if you're not familiar with the term Belzebuth, Belzebuth or Beelzebuth is, is one of the terms that's used actually as a name of the devil, or as Damien, you know, the, the one who um, who is uh, was the archangel who became the devil. 
And this is a 13% ABV Belgian strong golden ale. And when, if I had to compare this, like for instance, to Sequoia Stout or Bozo Beer from last week's show, which is 17% ABV, it's very difficult to distinguish whether this 13% Belgian strong golden ale or these stouts are 17% because this one actually tasted boozier. But it almost had a alcoholy, you know, like a liquor, not alcohol, but a liquory kind of flavor to it. Very, very good. There's a little bit of saffron on it, which kicked my ass, which is a t- typical Belgian thing. You know, a lot of Belgian strong ales, Belgian quads, things like that, they t- tend to use a lot of saffron notes. And I am not a saffron fan, but this was such a minor hint of it that it didn't turn me off. I actually enjoyed it. I really, really like this beer a lot. You know, it was, um, it's for being 13%, it was boozy but smooth, but it did have that liquor-esque, you know, tart booze finish that I would expect to get from like a brandy or a whiskey or something like that, not from a beer. But that, you know, we all know that that can sometimes come with a higher ABV beer. I actually rated this thing a 4.5 on Untapped out of 5. It was, um damn good. I mean, I really enjoyed it. The only thing I didn't like was the price tag. You know, I went out to a burger place. They actually had it for sale in bottles and it was $13 for an 8.4 ounce bottle of beer, which is a little on the aggressive side for me, especially considering I've seen things paid a lot less money for stronger beer, you know, overall. We're going to chug back a little bit more of this Fear Movie Lion, so bear with me. so good and it's so good when you actually drink it i'm not talking guzzle i'm not talking you know chugging i'm talking just take a few solid gulps a few you know a few solid sips of that and it's just good just i just enjoy it so beelzebuth beelzebuth however you want to say it get an opportunity to check it out do it Hopefully you can find it cheaper than what I paid for it, (laughs) but I did enjoy it. So let's get into um, the train I ride, which is actually a triple IPA from Clown Shoes. I actually picked this up from ABC. This was a 22 ounce bomber, a little bit on the old side. This thing was bottled back in May of 2017. Yeah, I said that 2017, 11.1% ABV. So this was almost a two-year-old beer, but I'm going to be honest with you. It was good. I actually enjoyed it. Let it take some time to cool off. You know, I let it sit for two days. And um, before I dove into it, I actually picked it up for, I think, four bucks, five bucks, something like that from um, ABC. It was one of their 50% off bombers that they had because they're getting, they're actually getting rid of all their bombers. So they're not going to be selling bombers at all. No... Mm. nothing outside of a 16 12 ounce they're not going you know they won't have anything larger than that going forward so all the bombers they actually had some stuff from the brewery some sours and things like that that were kind of old which is why one of the reasons why i didn't pick any up but they were like 99 cents for 22 ounce bottles of beer and i was like wow they're just trying to get rid of them so the train i ride from clown shoes triple ipa it's actually 11 percent abv um Nice, 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 almost West Coast style hops, piney, you know, a little bit boozy, but it was sweet. And 
it reminded me a little bit of a Phoenix Tears from 450 North because it had this chewiness to it that gave it a body that I didn't expect and a sweet finish that just kind of like cascaded past the taste buds and really made you go, wow, is this really 11%? And it was just, it was, it was really good. It was really enjoyable. And now I know, we know that sometimes when you get into a brew that is, you know, um, double digits ABV, they can last a little bit longer. They can maintain, you know, their structure and integrity without falling too far apart because of the higher ABV. You know, some of these lower ABV beers, sub 10%, they, you know, you can't be drinking one a year out or it's just not going to last. But I really, really enjoyed this. You know, the only thing that kind of threw me off a little bit about it is that there was a little bit of sediment in the bottom of the bottle, which kind of led me not to drink the last probably two ounces of beer that was in there because there was some stuff in the bottle, the bottom of the bottle that I didn't notice until I had actually gone to pour the remainder of the bottle into my glass and I saw it in the neck and I went, whoa, and I pulled it back and thank God I did because I wouldn't drink what was left in my glass had I um, had I not noticed that before it actually came out of the bottle. So, <clears throat> but we all know sediment is a normal thing with beer. You know, a lot of times it could be yeast, it could be salt, it could be sugar, it could be hops, it could be all kinds of crazy things. So, not hops, but you understand what I'm saying. So, <clears throat> I spoke too fast. But, a lot of different, you know, possibilities and uh, I just stayed away from that last two ounces. Really enjoyed the beer. And for four bucks, dude, can't beat it. You know, it was just a killer beer. So now that we've kind of gone over the beers for the week, let's talk about my week. All right. So I think I've talked about this in the past to you guys. I have an 18-year-old daughter that is actually going off to FIU in August, which a lot of you are probably like, what do you mean FIU? It's probably close to you. Well, you're right. It's about 35, 40 minutes away. But with Miami traffic, it just makes sense for her to go there and stay on campus and to kind of get an understanding of what life is like without her parents and without all of us. So despite her only being 35 to 40 minutes away, I know that that is far enough that it's going to result in us not having daily communication with her like we do now. (laughs) So um, I was looking into trying to get help her get a car. You know, I definitely wanted it to be something that she was going to appreciate and love. And she really likes my little Jeep. I have a 2017 Jeep Renegade. You know, went to the dealership, talked to him a little bit about it. Unfortunately, it wasn't going to work out for me to give her my Jeep and get something new for myself because it just wasn't going to fit into our budget right now. And the Jeep is not even two years old. I got it in October of 2017. And it'll be two years old in October of this year. And it's got just about 30,000 miles on it already. The first year that I had, I put 24,000 miles on it, driving around like crazy with my company. Um, I've already had to replace the tires. Now it needs brakes. The seatbelt actually broke the other day where you actually snap the seatbelt. You know, the when you snap the belt into the receiver, you actually have to push the button in as if you're trying to unlock it and like finagle the, the um, metal piece of the seatbelt actually down in there and then let go of the button that it'll lock in place. So I picked on her because it, she got out of the car. It was fine. She came back in the car and it didn't want to work. So I picked on her and told her she broke it. But, but stuff like that, it's still under warranty. <clears throat> Three year, 36,000 mile, you know, bumper to bumper warranty on that thing. So I'm going to take it in and have that replaced. And it's got a re, actually has a recall on a fuel pump module or uh, um, fuel pump control module. So 
I'm going to get all that stuff taken care of. So it's got a couple little things. But again, you know, and I'm going to be straight with you. I beat the shit out of the car. I drive it like crazy. And um, not like anything. I don't take it off road or anything crazy like that. But I'm going to have a heavy foot. You know, I drive hard. And um, it's from years of having a fast car and, you know, owning a speed shop and stuff like that. So anyway, long story short, little things like that have just been kind of kicking, kicking my butt. And um, stress you know, has been on the rise for me because it's just, I got a lot of things going on, you know, a lot of things professionally, business wise, you know, I have my, like I've mentioned in the past, I have my own company, you know, Forged by Fire Digital Marketing. And I work with multiple different companies on multiple different fronts in terms of, you know, digital marketing, affiliate marketing, ambassadors, um, athletes, social media, whatever you can imagine. So all kinds of crazy stuff that I do. And my stress level has been pretty high lately, just trying to get back on the ball and making sure that I'm taking care of everybody the way that I need to be and all that good stuff, which, you know, I'm a workaholic, so I'm one of those people that works myself to the bone. And last night, um, it was a, it was a pretty crazy scenario. I, um, I honestly felt like I was having a heart attack and I, and to this moment, I don't know if it was anxiety. I don't know if it was stress. I don't know what the situation was. I don't know if it was just a Charlie horse in my chest or if it was a, um, a cramp. Uh, you know, I, I really, I don't know, you know, looking at, and I know, you know, everybody's going to break my balls about this, but you know, WebMD, Google, you know, YouTube, all this stuff, a lot of the things that I read that are associated directly with the heart attack. Now, mind you, I am a big guy, but I'm 39 years old and <clears throat> I do have a family history of heart disease and things like that. So I am going to make an appointment with my general physician and go see her this week. But it was just a weird scenario, you know, weird feeling. I was literally sitting on the couch typing on my computer and all of a sudden my left peck just tightened up to the point that I felt like, you know, somebody was pressing on my chest and I felt it shoot into my shoulder, into my neck. And then all the way, then next thing I knew it was like in the muscle, my lat and my rhomboid under my shoulder blade in the back, in my back to the point where I was leaning up against the wall, trying to relieve the tension off of the muscle because I felt like I had some type of a like I said Charlie horse or something like that this whole scenario probably lasted about two minutes I did not feel like I didn't have my breath you know it didn't it did, I didn't lose my breath it didn't take any of my breath away or anything like that um that was not a concern which is one of the reasons that makes me think that it was not a heart attack but possibly either a <clears throat> stress-induced panic attack or, or or could even, like I said, could have been a Charlie horse. Yesterday, Charlie horse in my peck. Now, yesterday was, I did not drink a lot of water. I was probably slow. I don't want to say I was dehydrated, but I was probably not as hydrated as I should have been. I did not train, but the day before I had trained chest, chest and triceps. So it's very possible that it was, you know, a, a spasm in my muscle or whatever. I don't know, but it freaked me the hell out. So much so that I actually texted my wife and told her that I thought I was having a heart attack. But what ended up happening is I actually, after, you know, about a minute and a half, minute and 45 seconds, which it feels like forever. When you have something going on like that, it could, it feels like 10 minutes, half an hour, and it's really only a couple minutes. 
So we have a bar that's about five feet tall. And I put both arms on the ball on the bar and I brought my head down and kind of just stretched myself out. And I took about five big deep breaths like that. And in doing so, everything subsided. So I don't like, again, I don't know if it was an anxiety attack. I don't know if it was stress induced. I don't know what the scenario is. I am going to go get checked out by a physician, but it kind of went away. And then when I, and I told my wife, you know, I was kind of concerned and I was thinking about going to the ER last night, but you know, you guys know, I mean, running into the ER for something like that, they're kind of telling them what's going on. They're going to do every test in the book on me. I'm going to walk out with a $10,000 bill for all these tests on my heart only to be told it was anxiety. It was stress. It was this, it was that. So I'm definitely going to go get checked out. I'm going to go talk to my doctor, but I didn't know what it was and it freaked me out. And I kind of like, you know, I don't want to say I saw my life flash before my eyes because that's not even a fair statement, but it definitely made me put some things into perspective. And I started to kind of think, you know, about my lifestyle and about a lot of things that are going on right now, because you know, one of the things that's frustrating for me is, you know, and I've said this to you guys before in, in, in previous podcasts, when I lost my job in September, I was in probably the best shape of my life. You know, I was 38 years old, 260 pounds, you know, under 15% body fat. I had abs, you know, I was just in killer shape, happy with myself, felt good, lots of energy. Everything was great. Incredible sex drive, you know, all kinds of good stuff going on. And then when I lost my job and when everything happened to me, I just felt sorry for myself. I got depressed. I got down on myself. I got frustrated. And it was almost like a switch just flipped and almost overnight. um, I lost all motivation to want to work out. I lost all motivation to care about what I was putting into my body. And it became almost like a race to see how much weight I could gain and how quickly. And, and I don't mean that it was actually a conscious race. It's not like I actually sat down one day and said, all right, let's see how much weight I can gain. Wasn't like that. But it was just that I lost all the care that I had of wanting to make a difference or wanting, you know, to, to train and do the things. Now, part of it was my schedule changed drastically. You know, I will say this, that one of the great things about my previous job was not only did we have a gym in the office, but we also had a gym two minutes down the street that was that I was a member of. And I would literally walk out of the office, go to the gym, train and drive home. And it was actually a benefit to me because I live I, I live I live about an hour away from where that office was located. And my normal time of getting off work <clears throat> was between five and six p.m. Now, 5 and 6 p.m. was peak traffic time. So if I would have left to go home, it would have taken me an hour and a half, two hours to get home because of traffic. So it was almost like an excuse, a good excuse for me to go to the gym, work out for an hour, and then drive home because I would beat the traffic. And then I'd end up getting home in 35, 40 minutes because there wouldn't be any traffic. So I'd still end up getting home around the same time as I would had I left right when the workday was done, but it gave me an opportunity to get the workout in. So... Going, having all that switch up on me and then having just kind of everything change, you know, I lost my motivation. I lost my will to want to, to want to be better and to want to work hard and to, and in terms of, you know, fitness and things like that. And it wasn't until kind of Christmas time that I realized, 
how far I had come and how much weight I had gained and I realized I was back over 300 pounds and you know so we're talking I gained over 40 pounds in you know three months you know basically September October November and in December I was already over 300 pounds so rapid weight gain was huge you know December 14th December 19th I actually got put on blood pressure medication which we've talked about in the past which I've never had in my life and it was just a frustrating you know scenario for me to be in because and and you would you would think at that point in time that it would kick me in the face and I'd be like all right I'm on it because of my family's history you know both my grandmother and my grandfather died you know from heart failure you know things like that now granted they had other underlying issues like cancer and things like that that were more aggressive but my family has a history of heart disease all kinds of crazy stuff like that so this has been kind of like a rude awakening for me and um so long story short January 1 comes and I'm like everybody else let's go baby come on let's get it done all right it's the beginning of the year new year new me blah 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 I'm gonna do it and I did you know I jumped on the bandwagon that first month in January I was walking to the walking to and from the gym every day you know working out four to five times a week doing my thing probably lost 15 20 pounds was doing great you know felt better looked better Clothes were starting to fit better. You know, everything was going in the right direction. And I don't know what happened. Literally from one day to the next, things just changed. And I didn't care anymore. And I started to get depressed. And I started to get anxious. And I started to get frustrated. And I started to get upset. And I started to get bothered. And you'll notice, too, that that's right around the time when the podcast even changed. When I kind of went from doing it two times a week to having gaps in between episodes and things like that. And it was because I simply lost drive. I lost determination. And, um, and I don't know why. I mean, to this moment in time, I can't pinpoint a situation for you or tell you exactly what happened to me. But the other day, last week, it was actually Tuesday, last week, I stepped on the scale And I was 315 pounds. And I just... My jaw dropped. You know, and... I was so disappointed in myself. I was so disappointed in in where I was in my situation. And... I was angry. You know, I was angry with myself. I was angry with the world. You know, and... And I realized at that point in time that there's nothing anybody else can do. I have to make the decision to consciously change the direction of my life. And I started going to the gym. You know, that day I jumped in, started doing my thing. And uh, the last week I felt better. You know, and then Friday I had this incident. You know, whether it was an arrhythmia, a heart attack, I don't know. I, you know, I like to believe that if it was a heart attack, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys right now. And maybe I'm just overthinking the whole thing. And I hope that's the case. And the reality is, is that when I go to the doctor, if she ends up sending me to a cardiologist, we'll find out. They'll know if I had a heart attack. And if I did, I don't know. 
you know, I look at every day of my life. I look at where I'm at, what I do, who I associate with, the the decisions that I make, and it's hard. You know, I have a very unhealthy relationship with food. I love food. (laughs) You know, I don't eat. Right now, I don't eat as much as I should, which is crazy. But what I do eat is not good for me. You know, I don't eat a lot of fried food. I don't eat a lot of red meat, but I eat a lot of snacks. I eat a lot of chips. I eat a lot of cookies. I eat a lot of sweets and things like that that are, you know, heavy in sugar and, you know, um, possibly trans fat and things like that that we're not supposed to be taking into our bodies. And it's and it's a very difficult situation for me to, to just stop and say, all right, take your life back. You're the man. Let's do this. I know I have to do it. I know that I have three daughters that depend on me and a wife that loves me more than life and wants to see me succeed and move on and to live a full life. And especially knowing my family history, it freaks me out, you know, and you would think that it would be easy. It would be like a gun to your head, you know, like make a decision, cookie or no cookie, but it's not that easy. You know, it's, I'm not a bodybuilder. I'm not a fitness competitor. You know, I look at these guys that do this stuff from a fitness standpoint and they take their bodies to the next level and they do crazy. I'm a big guy, even probably having lost muscle mass and all this stuff over the last six months, seven months, I'm still a big dude. I'm 300 pounds and, you know, I have a 42 inch waist. I have, I even without training for a long period of time, I still have 18 inch arms, you know, and I'm not happy with where I'm at. My strength is in the shitter. (laughs) You know what I mean? I laughed at myself the other day because I went into the gym to do back. And I mean, I'm just like, you know, curling 40 pound dumbbells when I used to curl sixties and seventies and the 40 pound dumbbells felt so heavy, so heavy felt like, you know, I was embarrassed of myself. I was embarrassed of how far back I've gone. I was embarrassed, but I also realized that at this point in time, it's not about being strong anymore. It's about being healthy. It's about taking my life back. It's about fixing my diet, enjoying things in moderation and getting the weight down, you know, being five foot, 10 inches tall, five, nine and a half without shoes. I'm not tall. So being 300 pounds is obese. Whether I'm, you know, 10% body fat or 30% body fat, that's too heavy for me. You know, and it was okay when I was 25. It was okay when I was 27, 28, 29, 30. But I'm pushing 40. And at this point in time, it's health, excuse me, healthier for me to be 225 and shredded than to worry about being this big guy, you know, with huge arms, you know, cause at a point in time I had 21 inch arms and you know, 32 inch quads, you know, thighs. <clears throat> and it's just been insane at the amount of growth and strength that I've had over the years. I mean, as a power lifter, you know, I, squatted 868 pounds 
I deadlifted 768 pounds. I bench pressed for my best bench press was 585. You know, to think about putting weight like that up and then the laugh at the situation that I'm in now, 10 years later, and I can't even squat 500 pounds. I can't even deadlift 500 pounds. I couldn't bench press 315. You know, it's crazy to be where I am and to have that mental kick in the face, so to speak. But I know that I have to make a change. I'm going to go see my doctor on. Hopefully she's going to get me in ASAP. I'm going to call Monday, try to get an appointment right away and just kind of explain to them what I think happened. I'm just worried because I'm afraid they're going to be like, go to the hospital. And I don't, you know, maybe they're right. You know, and if the doc- and I'm going to be honest with you guys. If the doctor tells me to go to the hospital, I'm going to go. You know, another issue that I probably have, like a lot of other Americans, is I'm a caffeine junkie. You know, I probably take in five to 600 milligrams of caffeine a day on a normal day, which is down from probably over a thousand in the past. But that's truly where I am probably right now. You know, I, I do take pre-workout and coffee and, you know, drink like um, Coke Zero and stuff like that it has minimal caffeine, but still every little bit counts. So going to go see the doc, hopefully this week, see what I can do, you know, see what they say and how we can progress forward. You know, I may get lucky and she may just refer me to a cardiologist. I don't know, but I just wanted to put that out there and kind of let you guys know about it. Has it, you know, deferred me from drinking beer? Not really. (laughs) So like, I mean, I only had two beers yesterday and I had one today, so it's not that big of a deal. And I didn't have any since Tuesday throughout the week, but regardless, you know, it's, it's lifestyle things, man. You know, it's like looking at, do I want to be 75, 80 years old and enjoy my grandkids and enjoy my children as they get older and, you know, be able to be there for them through crazy, you know, aspects of their life and be able to help them. Yeah, of course I do. You know, my dad died when he was 29 years old. I've outlived my father by 10 years. And that sucks. You know, I don't want my kids to be in a similar situation where, you know, they 10 years from now, they're telling people how their dad died 10 years ago. And now they're older than he was when he passed away. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't want my kids and that's not wouldn't happen anyway because my oldest is 18. But you don't understand what I'm saying. I don't want my kids to go through that. I don't want to ruin the lives of my children. I don't want them to have to grow up without a father. I don't want them to grow, I don't want them to have to grow up with a stepdad because I've been through that shit and fuck stepdads. They all suck for the most part. You know, some of you guys out there that listen to the show, maybe you're a stepdad and if you are, I hope you take care of your kids even if they're not yours because if you don't, I'll beat the shit out of you. <laughs> because all the stepdads I had were all scumbags and I God, I, you know, I wish I had them all in this room right now. I just beat the living snot out of them for fun but life is precious man and if you're unhealthy if you're overweight if you are dealing with health health issues and you know that there's things in your daily life that you need to change it could be as simple as getting up and just taking a walk getting up and spending 30 minutes in the gym until you build yourself up to be able to do more than that you know Fitness is not about looking like people on Instagram. It's not about looking like people that in magazines that choose 
you know, the best physiques in the world. It's about doing something a little bit better for yourself each and every day. It's about being 1% better every day. 1%. So that means if you walk for 30 minutes on the treadmill today, you walk for 30 minutes and 30 seconds tomorrow. Or 30 minutes and 3 seconds tomorrow. It's not about... It's about fighting the person that you look at in the mirror every day, looking back at them and saying, I'm taking back my life. And it doesn't matter what you say, what you do. I'm doing this. And I'm going to do it with or without you. It's about making the conscious effort and conscious decision to be there for your family and do the things necessary that you know you need to do commitment wise for yourself in order for you to get better each and every day. Doesn't mean you can't drink beer. Doesn't mean you can't eat pretzels. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy the, the, the snacks and the sweets of life that you enjoy. It just means you have to change the amount in which you have those things and to, and to understand and know that moderation in life is key. Everything in moderation. So... I hope you guys enjoyed episode 21. I appreciate you guys so much. And I can't wait for next week. Things will keep going in this direction. It's only getting better, my brothers and sisters. So thank you so much for listening to Calling All Craft Beer episode 21. I'm your host, Luke. Stay safe out there, my friends. Later. Later.